Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show, where we push past the height and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP. Diving into physiology, neuroscience, and linguistics so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career, moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money, or make a difference. Tune in weekly if you care more than others think wise as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to receive our newsletter and receive free transcripts of each show. Here's your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is John Cassidy Rice. I have the pleasure to be your host for this session. I came across a quote from Goethe who said, Nothing is harder to bear than a succession of fair days, which got me thinking. I do a lot of driving, so I've got plenty of time to think. And it occurred to me that that is really true. Because you've heard stories of somebody retiring and normally within about three months of laying on the beach, having not a lot to do, want to go back to work or in fact become busier than they were when they were working. And why is that? Why as humans do we want to be involved and to solve problems? Well, I think it's sort of built into us. So, And one of those rewards for solving problems, overcoming obstacles, is a dopamine rush. And that dopamine rush means we are rewarded for solving those problems. And the reason I was thinking about all of this was I was asked to talk about preparing for difficult meetings. As some people seem to choke when they're preparing for these difficult meetings. And when we talk about a difficult meeting, it could be many different avenues. Sometimes you need to discipline somebody or maybe uh, somebody's losing their job and you're having to prepare yourself to give that information out or some bad news. And we often forget about the person giving the information and always think about the person receiving the information. But also equally, if you're going to receive some difficult information, there's some preparation to do. So we're going to explore it from two angles. One is physically, what happens to us physically, because sometimes we choke in a situation like that. And then to think about what questions we could ask ourselves to really prepare for this situation and what NLP exercise would work wondrously well. Okay, so let's take it from the physical aspect, because sometimes somebody chokes and really what's happening there is their body is going into this threat mode where their heart rate and respiration increases, their stomach turns over and maybe even shuts down. And that's all to do with saving energy. And then something strange happens to the face where involuntary contractions of muscles and face looks a bit, uh, what's the word for it, contorted. And then the larynx tightens, which basically means the throat tightens and you can't speak. That is your system going into a threat mode. So what is causing all of that? Well, it's an ancient nerve. The ancient nerve is called the vagus nerve or the vagabond, a wanderer, a traveler. And that's what vagus means, a wanderer, a traveler. And it's an ancient nerve that most of us know that's in the neck. It's a major nerve, but it wanders through the throat, the abdomen, and through the various different organs, including your liver, your stomach, your 
your heart and your lungs, all even, you know, obviously into the brain, but to the corners of your eyes as well. So when your body goes into threat, your the vagus nerve is tightening. Everything's tightening up. And as it tightens, you have trouble speaking, your heart rate increases, your breathing increases. Everything is shutting down. So what are some of the things that we can do to control the vagus nerve as it tightens around our system? One is to prepare for the meeting so that you know your stuff. Two is to smile. Yes, because the vagus nerve goes to the corners of the eyes, when you smile, that involves your whole face and reaches your eyes, then the vagus nerve gets the message that, hey, everything's fine, just relax, and reduces its grip on your system. And the other way, which is a very powerful way, is breathing. So you're being told to breathe deeply in many different situations, especially stressful situations. And when you do that, because the vagus nerve is connected to the lungs, and your lungs are connected to your whole physiology and it has a powerful impact, by breathing deeply and slowly, again, you are sending the message to the vagus nerve just to relax, everything's okay. All right, so how do we prepare for this mentally? And I think having a set of questions that you ask yourself is very useful. And these questions can be combined with something called perceptual positions. And I think we touched on perceptual positions before. So a quick recap. Perceptual positions is where we set up three different positions and normally three different chairs. And the first position, which would be chair one, is from your perspective, how you see the situation from your map of the world. Chair two, which is position two, would be from the other person's, i.e. the person you're having a difficult meeting with, their point of view. And third position is an outsider's point of view. So stepping out of the whole process and looking at it from an outsider's point of view, which is known as third position, gives you an outside perspective. All right, so when we're in first position, what other questions could we ask ourselves? Well, the obvious one is, what is your goal? What is your outcome for the meeting? To really think about what it is that you want and how are you going to measure success. Now that is one of the core foundations for all communication. Otherwise you're just communicating. So if you don't know your goal and you don't know how you're going to measure success, well any language pattern will do. So what is it that you want to happen? Another way to think about is what is the manner you intend to adopt in this meeting? So a manner, your behaviours, what is it that you want to come across like? And what mindset will you be in when you're at the meeting? So those are some good ways of thinking about it. And next is to think about what is your fallback position? I.e. what is your sword in the stone? You may want lots of things. But what is your sword in the stone? What is unmovable? What has to happen? The other thing is, if you're preparing for a difficult meeting, well, what makes it difficult? And that could be many different things. That could be as simple as you just thinking that it's difficult, which is all to do with mindset. 
Also consider, what are you going to be thinking, feeling and doing within the meeting? And do you feel challenged? Now when we think about any of these techniques and questions, we can also think about the environment. So does the surroundings of the meeting make a difference? So if you're in an open plan office and you have to have a difficult meeting with somebody, is somebody putting on a show because their manager is there or their colleagues there? Would it be better to remove them from the open plan office and so that we can have a meeting in a closed office? So it's just the two of you. So who is around you to consider those types of areas? Do you feel you have the skill to be able to take this difficult meeting? What else would, what other skill sets would you need to have? And the other things to think about is what if your beliefs and your values, are they being challenged? Do they need to be updated? Are you running from a set of unspoken rules that you think you have to play by? What could you do different? Do you feel assaulted maybe at an identity level? Do you feel personally attacked? Can you remove the topic of the difficult meeting from yourself personally to just behavior? And there will be some really good questions to ask yourself in position one. And don't worry if you didn't get grab all of those because I'll put them on the website so that you have them at your disposal. Now, as you move into position two, ask those same questions about the other person and remember if you've ever done a perceptual position position two is about being the other person so you would talk as though you are that person okay and then you'll probably get a different set of information right so from moving into position three and as you look at position three, and what can be really handy here is to physically move around for sure, but also to get some distance on it. So you're looking at those two people. Ah, oh, yes, the empty chairs. We know that. We're hallucinating. I get that. Sponsor of this week's NLPCourses.com podcast show, the NLP Practitioner Training, designed to transform your life. Attend the first day completely free. Find out more. Head over to the website to secure your place with the next NLP practitioner. Well, we're looking at those, those two people. And notice within that language, we are disassociating ourselves from the situation, i.e. taking the emotion out. Now, from that place, consider that relationship between those two people. Consider what is making that meeting challenging. What advice would you give those two people to improve their relationship or improve on that meeting? You could also narrow it down. So what advice would you give yourself in position one? And what advice would you give position two? Now, knowing from an outsider's point of view and looking at the interaction, what do you think is the likely outcome at the moment for that meeting? What would need to have happened for both those people to get a positive outcome? Now note some changes. And then take that learning back to position one, which is where you take all the learning and then ask, what would you do different now knowing what you know? Now that's an excellent tool. That would be called perceptual positions and a whole set of really useful questions.
Now you can layer another process on top of this and what happens then the technique of perceptual positions if we put in position 4 becomes known as the meta mirror. Meta means from above and a mirror means a reflection of self. Yeah I know you know that and you'll notice the word meta will come up a lot in NLP. There's the meta programs, the meta model, metaphors. It does get to a point where it doesn't meta anymore. Oh, I can hear you groan. There's not many jokes in NLP. The other one I like is, how many NLP practitioners does it take to change a light bulb? None. You just tell people to brighten it up in their, brighten it up in their own minds. Okay. So back to expanding on perceptual positions by adding in the fourth position, which is known as the metamera. Here, you're gonna move into the fourth position. And as you explore what is going on, as you look at third position, and you're looking at third position, looking at yourself, what emotion comes up? So from that point of view of being in the fourth position, how do you think the third position relates to the person in first position? For example, were you angry at yourself in third position? Or were you resigned to the situation? Would you wish that the first position person be more assertive? Now take that information back with you to first position. How does that change the way you think about what's going on? So let's put this into a context. I'm going to take an example of how I prepared for a difficult meeting. Uh, this is from a while back now. I went in to see one of uh, my children's teachers. And you know, at that time is around about sort of seven. So he was fairly young, he's a lot older now. And I went in to meet this teacher and this is the first time I met her. She did not say hello to me. The first thing she said to me was, your child's immature. Now as a parent several things rush through my mind. One of those being he's seven. He's allowed to be immature. If you're not allowed to be immature at that age when can you be immature? Well I noticed my emotions grow so I thought to myself okay I won't say anything here. You know what it's like sometimes you're just too close to the situation. So I thought I need to get a bit of distance on this. I went through that process. I arranged to go and meet her about a week later to talk to her and I went through the process we just talked about and I decided on my outcome which was can I get her to change her thinking about my son. Now I have a whole range of NLP tools at my disposal and especially language patterns. Now I did not tell my son that what the teacher had said and that I was going back to have this meeting. So I went back and had this meeting. First off I wanted to understand what she meant by immature. And it turned out things like where all the other children were putting their hands up to answer questions, he would just answer a question. Well, that's what adults do. So that's not really immature behavior. And just various little things like this. So using, between you and I, a range of language patterns, which we can cover in another podcast, I got her to a point where she said, okay, yes, he's not really immature, he just has a lot of creative energy. Well, for me that was enough. That indicated a mindset change in her. And a couple of days later, I was dropping my son off at school and she called me over and said, 
What did you say to him? He's changed. And I smiled to myself knowing that it wasn't that he changed. She had just changed the way that she thought about him. He knew nothing about this at all. So when you're preparing for a difficult meeting, your mindset is important. Wow, we've covered a lot in such a short period of time. We talked about the vagus nerve. We call that the wandering nerve. It's an ancient nerve that wanders around the body and that under threat it tightens. And we'd like to get that under control and various ways that we could do that. One was deep breathing, which is very powerful. One is to generally smile, but also be prepared. And the other thing that happens is when you get used to a situation, the vagus nerve just relaxes because it realizes, oh, it's not a threatening situation. We then explored perceptual positions where we talked about first position, your point of view, second position, the other person's point of view, and third position, an outsider's point of view. And I consider all of those to be important. You've come across people who have such a strong first position that they won't see anybody else's point of view. So a stretch for them would be to move into second position. Now you also come across people who seem to have no point of view of their own and they seem to take on everybody else's point of view and they're so strongly in second position, a stretch for them would be to grow into first position, i.e. have their own point of view. And third position is an outsider's point of view. And you've also come across people who are so disassociated from life, they have what's known as a near life experience. So a stretch for them would be to establish first position, to be fully associated and enjoy life, but also second position to see it from other people's points of view. We explored a set of questions. Questions are powerful. We noticed that questions need to be contextual. If you just ask somebody, what do you want to change? In no context, the, the question itself has no meaning. So questions become powerful within a context. And the context we were talking about were difficult meetings. And we had a whole set of questions that we found would be very useful to prepare for difficult meetings. We also expanded on the idea of perceptual positions by including the fourth position, which we called the meta mirror. And in the fourth position, we're basically looking at the third position, i.e. an outsider's point of view, how we perceive first position, our own stance, our first point of view. And we took all that learning back to first position. And it's always important when you're doing an exercise where you're having people step out of themselves is to end up the exercise so they are associated to who they are and their point of view and to take those learning back. Uh, just a quick tip on the meta mirror and I will put this up on the page so that if you want the directions you have it all there at your disposal is that we added in four position and just played with that idea there is a lot more to the meta mirror than we covered in this podcast so if you've got any questions if I can assist you or serve you in any way please do let me know and I look forward from hearing from you all the best then take care thank you for tuning in you were just listening to NLPCourses.com podcast show. 
If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and make sure to head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter where we keep you updated with in-depth NLP topics. Subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro linguistics, programming, and beyond.